0: Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m.
1: late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
0: Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's dot com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring.
1: Welcome, everyone. This is View from the Rafters. We're launching a podcast.
2: This is good news.
0: I would like to be a part of that.
2: I could make it up. And you'd be like, oh, yeah, that sounds right. That's right, right on. Just keep going. I bleed green. Should probably have somebody look at that.
1: Ime <laughs> Udoka, this is our first bonus podcast that we've ever done, so this, nice. this is a big deal that we've got you on here right now. But right. Uh, starting out here, I just want to know, like, what what makes you tick uh, as both a human being? And as a coach, what makes you tick on a daily
2: basis? I would say competition. That's a pretty easy answer. But I grew up watching Clyde Drexler, and I started playing basketball because of that in Portland. And the genuine joy, I'd I'd say, of being in the gym is the same now as it was when I was a 10-year-old, you know, going to practice or going to play. And so that's what it's about. You know, it's really pushed by the competitive side. But, you know, that'd be the simple answer. Competition, you know, I like to push myself as far as that. But just the joy of basketball. It's who I am. It's what I've always been and what I look forward to every day.
1: Clyde the Glide. Love it. We're throwing it back to Clyde Drexler. When in your life you mentioned ten years old is is the number that you just threw out there. But when did you start to become this basketball guy, this guy who was addicted to getting out on the court and and competing the way that you have ever since?
2: I would probably say twelve, thirteen. Mm-hmm. You know, I played all sports growing up, but. Basketball was the the love. I may have been naturally better in some others, baseball and football, but basketball is the one I gravitated to, and stopped playing everything else after my freshman year of high school. So it was full time because even when I was playing football or baseball, I would go play basketball anyway, <laughs> and so focused on that. I kind of always had a one track mind as far as goals, plan A only, no no backup plan, and so I put all my marbles into basketball and making it. You know, I was a late bloomer coming up, but kept grinding my way, and I've done the same thing as a player and a coach. So. I would say at, at that young age of 12, 13, 14, I really got into it and always had a goal-oriented mind and went after basketball. It seems like you made
1: the right decision. I mean, here here you are all these years later, head coach of the Boston Celtics. Congratulations, by the way, a great opportunity for you. This podcast is called View from the Rafters, behind the scenes with the Boston Celtics. So let's go behind the scenes a little bit right now. All nice. right. When did Brad first contact you about this opening? Uh, what was your opening conversation? And I know that you mentioned in your press conference that you just felt something there, like a chemistry, right from the get-go. Okay. So take me into those opening
2: moments of you guys forming a relationship. I would say it was early on in the Milwaukee series. Mm-hmm. You know, we had just played Boston in previous round, and the announcement surprised everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, quite honestly, and it surprised so, me too. Yeah,
1: I sat down after we lost the game, and I'm okay. It's season's over. We can take a breather. Next morning, we wake up to
2: chaos. It's crazy. So, obviously, when that opening happened, as a coach who was named being floated out there and knew other people were going to reach out, the fact that they reached out, I was obviously tremendously honored. And we had a few early conversations in the Milwaukee series, and just kind of went from there where one Zoom led to another and you know before game seven against Milwaukee Brad reached out and said you know we want to come down in person in New York regardless of results so Mm -hmm. obviously we planned on beating Milwaukee and you know me being there meeting with them the next day but went the other way and but it also helped me move forward and you know shift my focus to that and like I said the Zoom conversations led to great in-person interviews and there was a natural chemistry there from from the get-go.
1: I've always wondered this because I know and we're around you guys all the time we know how hard you guys work as coaches it's like a 24-7 job it's the, the button is never turned off even when you're sleeping you're thinking about basketball right 100%. so how how do you interview for a job like this while you're coaching in a series like I, I, I just don't understand how someone can
2: balance that much you learn to balance it because yeah. honestly we're looking toward forward to the next series so as we're playing Milwaukee or playing Boston we're prepping for the next series anyway so it's something that you have to learn to do multitask. And obviously, now being the head coach, you have even more on your plate. So you have to learn to balance all those things. But, you know, like I said, my focus was beating Milwaukee and talking to Boston. That's mm-hmm. it. There were other people calling, inquiring, and those are the two things I focused on. And so it's just something you learn to do. Obviously, focusing on Milwaukee, Brooklyn was great. Sean Marks was great. And, you know, Steve and those guys letting me talk to Brad and, and those guys. So some people would, you know, deny that mm-hmm. until you're done with the playoffs. And so, Boston, like I said, called, and I was thrilled about that call. Through to get that call. And it moved on pretty quickly from there. And you touched on the chemistry.
1: I want to go back to that a little bit. At what point, because you've gone through this process a few times before, you mentioned it before, if you could have known a couple of years ago that this is where you were going to land, you would have taken that all day, every day. But when in the process with this chemistry and the spark between you and the
2: Celtics, did you know this was going to be the one? I felt great from the first conversation. Mm-hmm. Like I mentioned, we had it, we had a zoom early. And leaving that, I've had enough interviews to, to kind of feel the vibe right away. Mm-hmm. And I felt that with Brad, natural, you know, alignment and the way we talked, the way we thought about the game and the direction we saw the team going. And so from there, I felt good about it. And, you know, it was a matter of going through the next steps of the process. So, uh, like I said, I've been three or so years now interviewing and you kind of know right away. And this was the strongest feeling out of any of the interviews I've had so far
1: and so since the announcement you know we've all done our research on you we figured figured out who you are as a person at least just from reading about you authenticity comes up all the time Um, hard worker comes up all the time relationships comes up all the time talk to me about these three aspects and when they started to really come into form for you as a person and as a coach and how those come through
2: in your coaching style well, I'd say the work ethic piece has always been there. I mentioned, you know, my love for the game when falling in love at a young age, but I was a, a late bloomer. I went to junior college route initially, so not a highly heralded player, and I had to continue to grind and chase certain goals. And so that work ethic was always there, kind of instilled by my parents. And so that's always going to be Hawaiian, yeah. like underneath everything. As far as the relationship piece, it's, it's just being authentic and, and, you know, I I respected coaches that were always honest with me. And that's one thing I loved about Pop when I played for him and watching him as a coach and a colleague as well. He's honest with us too, as the media. (laughs) But but there are misconceptions there. He gives off a little more gruff than, than he really is a big teddy bear. But in general, that authenticity piece is what I enjoyed as a player. I wanted someone to be a straight shooter with me, be a coach, whether it was a coach or another player. And so I always remember certain things that happened throughout my career where I could have helped somebody and maybe I didn't. So I, I started to take that and moving forward in my coaching career, like I'll always, you know, whether they like it or not, they want to hear the truth and they have to respect that. So those are just some aspects of who I am and like I said, you can only be who you are and not try to be somebody else. Those things come natural to me and I think they've been beneficial in getting me where I am where I'm at now.
1: The authenticity part I really want to talk about because you would think maybe outsiders who, who aren't inside the NBA, they might think that everyone is authentic, but it's not really that way. Like, why do you think it, it sometimes is a challenge for people to be authentic to who they
2: are at their core while working in this league and playing in this league? Yeah. I, I mean, some people just don't like to be in uncomfortable situations. Mm-hmm. And if you're okay with that, then, you know, it comes easier to you. And so it's not always bad to be uncomfortable. And we've gone through that every year in my career, whether it be a player or a coach, and think it helps you grow as a team and it helps you grow personally. Some people don't like the confrontation, but I think there's healthy aspects to that. That's just who I am. And it's something that, like I said, luckily has come natural to me where I don't mind that. And the players and and other coaches I've I've worked with kind of reciprocate that mm-hmm.
1: and yeah, I think everyone here is going to love that for sure we, we love authenticity <laughs> so relationships that come from that authenticity I mean you name a big name you've been around them I mean all, all of the guys in San Antonio with Kawhi, Duncan, Ginobili, Parker uh, you go over to Philadelphia you've got Embiid and Simmons and then this year with KD and Kyrie and Harden how do you connect and establish relationships with players of that stature, because that is not always easy in this league.
2: I would say being honest, you know, first Mm -hmm. and foremost, um, you know, one of the things like I'll I'll give you a story about Joel. When I first got to Philadelphia, you know, I would watch him in shoot arounds and he's kind of all over the place doing his thing. And I'm like, if you just focus in, be more professional, you're going to take this next jump, you know, have something that nobody had ever told him, mm-hmm. you know, I kind of let him do what he wanted at times and appease him in a certain way. And I was like, no, but if you want to get to this next level, and I gave him an example of Tim, who's the ultimate professional where if you were playing Sacramento or Minnesota, he's going to get his 23 mm-hmm. and 13. But when you play the big boys, he's getting 30 and 15. And so I, I mentioned that to Joel, like you need to elevate yourself to that level of professionalism every day. And so just being honest with them there. And then even to some extent this year in Brooklyn, Steve has a pretty laid-back personality, Mike D'Antoni as well. At times, Kevin, Kyrie, and James would come to me like, Coach, is hard. We need this. And so they want that honest honesty. And I played against some of these guys as well. So, you know, we got funny stories from back then. But uh, they know who I was as a player, and they know they want me to be the same way as a coach. And so... That was our pretty natural going into Brooklyn as well.
1: Talk about that and kind of your relationships with the guys here in Boston that you coached with Team USA. I mean, how have they asked you to push them when when you've been coaching them? And what are some of the
2: relationships that you've formed with them? Yeah, it's been good. The one thing I'd say, like the select team was before the USA and Marcus stood out to me initially. And then we had a bunch of young guys, but he was the guy who wasn't scared of the of the big boy. Hey, he's not scared of anyone. So. That stood out to me. And I told him that from day one, yeah. whether it was three or four years ago with the select team, I said, your leadership and toughness, you're the one guy, other guys are, might be looking at KD and whoever it may be and kind of cowering down a little bit. Mm-hmm. he was the guy going right at yeah. him. So I appreciated that. And I think we connected on that. But then, um, you know, talking to Jason and Jalen this past summer as well, especially when some guys got injured, Jason being one of them and, and Jalen really elevated his level as well. So just having those conversations and telling them what we needed and what I see in him from an outsider's perspective, you know, be great. And that's what I'm always telling them, the perception of you outside of your own organization in the league is at a certain level and to hold yourself to that standard. So we just connected on those conversations among other personal things off the court. That's been great, and I think it'll only grow going forward, and they've been excited about me coming, and likewise, I'm thrilled to work with these guys.
1: This is a great opportunity for me to ask a question that I haven't been able to ask anyone because no one's come here who has coached against Marcus Smart. What's it like co- coaching against Marcus Smart? I mean, he is an irritant. Um, he he likes to get under people's skin. He's always making those game-winning plays that not everyone has under the skin.
2: What's it like coaching against that guy? It's unpredictable wouldn't be the right <laughs> word, but it's a pain in the ass, to be honest. You hate coaching against those guys, but you love having them on your team. The things he brings to the organization are invaluable, and I've talked to him about that, and you see it on a daily basis. But some of the things he rubs off onto the guys is, is something that coaches can't teach. You need your some players, you know, to be hands on and do that as well. Can't always come from the coaches. He's going to bring that every night. That's who he is. And I'd say this with my son: you'd rather have somebody that you have to pull back than actually push out there. And and that's a perfect example of Marcus and what he brings. You might have to physically pull him back a couple of <laughs> times. Like I said, he wants to be pushed like the rest of them and elevate his game. And I think he'll have a chance to do that this year.
1: A little bit more about your background. You touched on the fact that you. You didn't have the, the straightest path going through college. You went to three different schools. You played in the D League at the time. You played in the NBA. You played overseas. You played in FIBA. To me, that just screams to me that you've seen it all, and that's really got to help with the base that you have set to, to step into this position. How has that road placed you here
2: and made you into the coach that you are today? It's helped shape me, quite yeah. honestly, um, every situation, let alone the fact that I had to grind behind the scenes all the time. So Although I was in the G League or in Spain one year, it wasn't where my heart was at. I wanted to get back to the NBA, and so I was constantly trying to grow and, and not be content or complacent in any place I've been. And so I carry that into coaching as well. You know, I got to the NBA not just to get there. I got there to do well and make it, and I and I took that into coaching. I don't just want to be an assistant coach and be comfortable in San Antonio for seven years, I wanted to take myself outside of that. And like I said, make, have some of those uncomfortable situations. So one of the first things people said when I left San Antonio was like, why would he leave there? You know, seven years, you got the championship your first two years, one one. Why would he leave there? You got the best coach of all time, blah, blah, blah. But I knew what I needed for my personal growth. And so I wanted to take myself outside of that. And like I mentioned, those two years in Philadelphia and Brooklyn have helped me take another jump in my coaching career. So all these experiences blend into one and, and like my mind constantly goes back on different situations as a player and coach. And I felt like I've touched all the bases like you mentioned.
1: Yeah. You went through every single path that you could possibly go through to get here, which I think is just awesome. As I said, it had to have helped to, to really shape who you are. Something else that's shaped who you are is your your heritage. You're of Nigerian descent. Yeah. And I've met a few people of Nigerian descent throughout my life and they are so proud of where they come from and their family history. Why is that? Talk to me about why people of Nigerian descent are just so proud about who they are
2: as people. Yeah, I'd say it's a proud country in general. I didn't really fully understand until I went there as a member of the Nigerian national team. Obviously, my father coming to America in the 70s to go to college, you know, you kind of watched an immigrant come over and then some of the struggles he had as I was growing up. So you understand that part of it. But when I really went to Nigeria and you see you get to Lagos and you really see the struggle and millions of people up on, on top of each other and then you know you really have the pride of wow my father made it out of this you know it's, it's everybody's goal to strive to achieve and, and a lot of them are trying to get to you know America to have a better life and so to actually see them grinding every day I think it subconsciously was who I was you know watching my father and so Nigerians are very prideful for sure you know we got, we got one on the team here with yeah. and so I always touch base with my Nigerian, the Nigerian players in the league and, and always give them a shout-out. But um, yeah, I got to see it firsthand when I was actually in the country, and so I kind of understand where I got it from and who I am. What was the kind of like the shock value of when you got there? And like you said, you saw that with your own eyes. Just take me through that, like when you got off the plane there for yeah. the first time. Just that in general, the amount of people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to make it out of that, you really have to have a strong work ethic and determination in general. But also, I just remember waking up, Four in the morning looking out my hotel window and you just see people starting to flood the streets, you know, four in the morning mm-hmm. carrying something on their head on a motorcycle with, you know, three baskets or whatever it may be. But it's an ongoing hustle and struggle there. And so I started to appreciate that and really see where you know, my father came from and and what he made it out of and made it through. That's what I appreciated. That's the moment I really, you know, and it was literally, I'd sit in my window from four to six in the morning and just watch it grow with thousands of people and just wondering where they're all going, what they're doing. And so, that work ethic and kind of determination is, is fueled me. Well, I got to tell you, just
1: having this short conversation, I know it's been fun for me to get to know you a little bit. I know our fans are going to think the same thing, and we're we're very pleased to have you here. Congratulations, and we're looking to learn more about you as the years
2: move forward. Thank you. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And
0: with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's dot gcom today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools.